Uh, but we're glad that you're with us. Uh, I love that last song and that song set. I bring an offering to you. It reminds me of the message that you will hear on Christmas morning or Christmas day. It's whenever you choose to listen to that message. It's going to be online and it's going to be set out so that you can retrieve it and you can watch it. Before you open gifts, after you open gifts, during brunch, during lunch, I don't care when you watch it. It's up to you when it fits in with your family. But I'm going to give you a a, a tip. It's got three worship songs and a 10-minute message. It's true. Just 10 minutes. We timed it. It's unbelievable. And so it's a short message, but it has to do with what was just uh, saying about. I bring an offering to you. What can you really give to God? We're in a series called The Gift Exchange. And during this gift exchange, we learned that we can give our worry, we can give our hurts, we can give our grief, but those are stinky gifts. Amen? Anybody want to wake up Christmas morning and and all of your family handed you their worry and their hurts and their grief? No, I mean, that's a terrible gift. We have not much to give to God, but the things that we give to God are given to him because he says, give them to me, bring them to me, lay your burdens down, and I will give you. And the things that God gives us is peace, healing, and joy. That's where we're at this morning. You give God your grief, he will give you his joy. So I hope you'll uh, participate with us for our Christmas Eve service. And then Christmas morning, make sure you watch that video in your home. And uh, even send it out to family or other people. Uh, It's a great thing you could do on Christmas Day and say, hey, here's something our church put out. It's short and it's a good gospel message. So you can use that as a tool this Christmas Day as well. Are you coming on Christmas Eve? You got me a little nervous. Everybody I talk to has told me they're going to be in Frankenmuth. I'm like, what, why is everybody going to Frankenmuth on Christmas Eve during the, the two and four services? Let me encourage you. I know that people have traditions, and if you have traditions, um, perhaps you could make Oakwood part of that Christmas Eve day. Come at the two, and then head to Frankenmuth. The chicken will still be hot. Uh, you'll enjoy. You'll still have a great day. Uh, the service is an hour and 15 minutes long, full of scripture reading and singing the songs of Christmas. Uh, and I'm sure you'll enjoy the, the service. It's got multimedia presentations and everything. Uh, and so I encourage you to don't skip out. Uh, this makes me very nervous. For the last three years, we've had to have tickets for the Christmas Eve because of COVID, right? And we didn't want to make sure we were too full. And now there's no, there's no, so I have no idea if anybody's coming. Uh, we put a lot of effort into this Christmas Eve service this year. And so I encourage you, I beg you, please make it part of your family's tradition this year, either two o'clock or four o'clock or come to both. I don't care. It's a wonderful, wonderful day. All right, let's, let's pray together. Would you pray with me? Would you give this prayer to God? God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. Just give that prayer to God. God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. God, I pray that you'd be glorified. I pray that anyone hearing this message would be edified. And we pray that Satan would be horrified. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning's big idea. Give God your grief and he will give you his joy. This is a hard message today. It's hard on me this week preparing for this. Grief is one of those difficult issues. And I I pray that as a people, you have not misheard the messages in this series. I I pray that you're not um, 
hearing me say, give God your worry and he'll give you his peace, just pray about it. I'm not saying just pray about it. During the worry message, I actually talked about anxiety and I said that that's real. And, and you might need to get help if anxiety is overwhelming you. I don't want to diminish any of these things. Hurt, last week we talked about give God your hurts. Those hurts, sometimes those wounds you have, those aren't a one and done situation. It's not like you just give God your hurt and it goes away. Uh, We filled those two Christmas boxes around behind the tree with all of your hurts. Our prayer team here at Oakwood is going to pray over each one of those in the next couple weeks, just praying for you and your hurts. But we don't expect that you just say a prayer and it's all going to get better. Uh, We understand that some of these things take years. And today's topic especially, grief. When I tell you to give your grief to God, I understand that you're going to have to give your your grief to God today and later today, tomorrow, and then tomorrow afternoon, and tomorrow evening, and tomorrow late at night. You're going to have to continue. This is not a one and done. None of these things are meant to be overly simplified. Grief is something that all of us will face or have faced. I'm going to read a lot today because I wrote down so many things. I told Julie, if they're not taking notes today, they're missing out on some great stuff. I I, I had to write some of these things out because I was just overwhelmed with this this week. Our full reality includes grief. Our full reality, like real life, it includes grief. We all are powerless to the presence of that full reality. Do you understand what I'm saying? You are powerless against the presence of the full reality of your life, which includes sorrow and grief. This is a, an interesting week to talk about grief. We lost one of our beloved members this week, David Borst. Looking right behind you, Jimmy, at that seat where David always sat. The armchair. We got four armchairs because we had people that are in wheelchairs, that that when they sit, they do need arms. And so we got four special chairs. And one of those is David's over there. David is only 74, but he struggled with a terminal illness for a long time. I've been praying with the family, and we all knew the time was going to come. I'm thankful that David lived all the way up until the moment he died. This past fall, I would see on Facebook that David was out hunting in a a tree blind at 4 a.m. somewhere, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I bet his doctor's going crazy. Don't do that, don't do that, that you're sick. Yeah, I know, but I'm gonna live until I die. And he went fishing, and he lived his entire life. And I'm so thankful for the family We're praying for Carrie, Billy, and Beth, for Gracie, Claire, Nathan. Theirs is a great loss. Some of you are close friends with David. And so today, as I talk about sorrow, there are people that are in the midst of feeling this sorrow that is part of our full reality. This past year, uh, I lost my dear mentor, and friend that I was a pastor under for 20 years, Pastor Brian Spencer. And, and then two days after the shooting at Oxford, my best friend, Mel Walker, passed away. This has been uh, an unbelievable year of grief for me personally and loss. 
and walking through sorrow. And I'm thankful that Scripture tells us that that is real and that is part of the journey. It's nothing you can avoid. It's nothing you can escape. It's part of the full reality. And full reality means full living. And it's part of life. You, you have to have it. That's where the word bittersweet comes from. I've always uh, kind of ignored that word bittersweet. But that word bittersweet, it's a recognition that both light and dark, sorrow and joy are all part of this journey. Life is bittersweet. And, and at times we might think we don't want any of the bitter. We only want the sweet. But how do you know what sweet is if you never experience bitter? I mean, it, bittersweet is an important part of life. I'll take you to our passage this morning. If you join me in Psalm chapter 30, it'll be on the screen because we're going to read it out of the New Living today. David is an incredible person to read about grief. Because David went through incredible grief in life. And I love how the Bible doesn't gloss over this. David, this, this, this king, author, poet, I mean, he's a mix of so many things. He suffered great loss. He had a baby who died. He had a daughter that was raped. He had a son that was a murderer. I mean, experienced deep, deep grief. And he wrote about it. And we are blessed to know that the man who God says a man after my own heart experienced sorrow. And he talked to God about it. So I want to read for you one of these psalms. This is actually a psalm of praise, but, but in it you'll hear him talk about grief. Psalm 30. I will exalt you, Lord, for you rescued me. You refused to let my enemies triumph over me. O oh Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you restored my health. You brought me up from the grave, O oh Lord. You kept me from falling into the pit of death. Sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. When I was prosperous, I said, nothing can stop me now. Your favor, O Lord, made me as secure as a mountain. Then you turned away from me, and I was shattered. I cried out to you, O Lord. I begged the Lord for mercy, saying, What will you gain if I die, if I sink into the grave? Can my dust praise you? Can I tell of your faithfulness? Hear me, Lord, and have mercy on me. Help me, O Lord. You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. Do you hear David sharing his grief? And I love how he's honest with God and he even tells God, God, what good is it if I just die? Can I, can I praise you from the grave? I mean, I would rather live and praise the Lord. And he cries out in his pain, but there's so many great things. He turned my mourning into joyful dancing. Verse 5, weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. This morning I want you to know that pain is not a detour from the road of life. Pain is part of the main road of life. Some of you think that your life takes a detour when you go through sorrow. No, you're still on the road. It's part of the road. God never promises us a life free from problems. Once again, the best thing, the best news I can give you is the word Emmanuel. He came 
to be with us. He came to experience life. And so the road that he was on for 33 and a half years included pain and grief and sorrow and loss. Let's define grief this morning. It's trouble, annoyance, suffering, anguish, regret, poignant distress, distress, and deep sorrow. Maybe you're there this morning. Maybe uh, you've been there in the past. Maybe you're about ready to go into it and you just don't know it. But grief and sorrow is part of life. I love what Richard Rohr says when he says that religion is for people afraid to go to hell, but true spirituality is for people who have been through hell. Christianity is, is, is not merely a crutch. It is meant to be the only sustaining way to get through this thing called life. It's not just a crutch to limp by. It's the only support you have. I can't imagine how people live in this world with the grief and the sorrow that we face, the hurt and the worry. I can't imagine how they do it without God. The fact that we have a God, as David talked to and expressed his emotions, honestly, I'm thankful we have that God. Are you thankful this morning that we have a God we can turn to? It doesn't immediately fix the problem. I'm not giving you a... Uh, a, a fancy message today to kind of gloss over the fact that pain lasts. Suffering lasts. The darkest of nights. But we have a God. So how do we live with sorrow and grief? Well, our normal plan for dealing with grief, honestly, is waiting silently. I don't know how many people experience this, but we go through pain and hurt and we just wait silently. And by doing so, we deny my losses, we delay my pain, and we distract myself. <laughs> this is our typical way. This is, uh, don't, don't take the notes of saying I need to do these three things because these things aren't helpful at all. It's just typically how we do it. We just wait alone in silence and we suffer, but then we try to not go through the loss. We try to not go through the pain and we try to distract ourselves. Honestly, transparently, we, we medicate. <laughs> we self-medicate. We numb the pain instead of dealing with the pain. For years, I traveled with the Substance Abuse Council all across Michigan talking to teenagers. And one of the things we talked about was marijuana. And I don't want to get into a debate today. I don't want to, that's not my purpose. But I simply would tell the students who would say, marijuana is great, marijuana is great. I'm like, why do you use it? And they say, well, I've got problems at home. I'm like, well, I understand that. So when you use it, what next? What do you mean? When you're done getting high, what next? When you come out of that high, are your problems gone? No, they're still there. When you were high, did the problems get better or worse? They probably got worse. So what do you do? I get high again. And when you get high and get done getting high, what next? <laughs> Are the problems still there? Yes, they're still there. Again, this doesn't have to be, you can name it whatever you want to name it. Maybe you want to name it oxycodone. Maybe you want to name it Norco. Maybe you want to name it whatever, alcohol. Medications are helpful. But when we self-medicate to avoid grief, we're not 
fully living our reality. We don't suffer and hide it. We go through it. And the good news is we go through it with God. Somebody sent me a song last night. Maria Honan sent me a song. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of the I don't want to share the song without telling you the artist. The artist. I can't think of who the artist was. It's a family. It's a Southern Gospel Singers, so it's one of only a thousand families or so that sing gospel music as a family. Oh, man, I can't think of it. Um, but the song is called um, In the Wilderness. In the Wilderness. And it says, God will not leave you. He will not keep you, but he'll be with you in the wilderness. God will not leave you in the wilderness. He will not keep you in the wilderness, but he'll be with you in the wilderness. What a a great song. And it talks about the people of Israel going through the wilderness. And and it sang to them and said, you might need to pray more when you're in the wilderness. You might need to be patient more when you're in the wilderness. But I'll never leave you. I won't keep you. I'll be with you. And that's what I want to remind you of today, that we have a God who will be with us. This is not the way to deal with it. You've really got two options on dealing with grief. Number one is to not acknowledge it and not get help. And what happens with that is you become bitter and you hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people are usually hurt because they've gone through something like grief and sorrow. And if it just stays there and you don't deal with the pain and you you don't give it to God, you don't learn how to continually offer it to God and receive his joy, his healing, and his peace, if it just stays there, it will eventually manifest itself in hurting other people. Hurt people, hurt people. But there's another way you can accept pain and get help and learn how to transform it into joy. You'll have to give it to God again and again and again, wave after wave, and you continually give it to God. But then the alternative truth is true. Comforted people comfort people. Hurt people hurt people, but comforted people know how to comfort people. I was at the Borst house the day before David died in the living room, holding David in my arms and praying over him. Then I turned to Carrie, and Carrie said, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I woke up next to this man for 53 years. Every day, he's been part of my life. And I looked at Carrie as only a good pastor could do and say, I have no clue. Carrie, I have no clue. But I know somebody who knows that. Janella will be here. Janella will come and hold your hand. And she began to weep and she realized she's surrounded with people who've been through these griefs. I couldn't help her. I'm not a cure-it-all pastor. Matter of fact, it broke my heart. They, I, I'd showed up there unannounced, and, and it was just at the right time, and they said, we thought about calling you, but we know how much you hate this kind of stuff. I'm like, I know, everybody should hate this kind of stuff, but I'm willing to be here. I am, I'm willing to be here. And we didn't want to put you through it, pastor, but we're so glad you came. That's why there are other people who are ready who've been through grief and sorrow, I shouldn't say have been through it, who are living with, living with. It doesn't go away. Maybe you don't want to hear that today, but it doesn't just go away. We learn to live with it. So here's God's plan for dealing with grief. 
He wants you to talk to him. It's that simple. Talk to him. How do you do that? Well, acknowledge. Acknowledge the reality of your pain. Tell him about the pain and losses as if he needs to know, but follow David's pattern. David didn't tell God anything he didn't know, but he told them, hey, here's where I'm at. I don't want to be here. You don't want me to be here either, God. Pull me out of this. And, and then he goes back and he thanks him for when he had pulled him out of the pit. How do you, how do you deal with grief? Acknowledge that it's real. And then tell him about it. Tell him how it hurts. Tell him where you're suffering. And then hear from him about his comfort. One of the best things you can do is praise God that you got through yesterday. God, thank you that I got through yesterday and you were faithful so I can do it again today and experience his comfort. Let other people comfort you is my point earlier. There are other people that have been through this. So that's God's plan. Talk to him. And then God does give comfort. Let me talk about God's comfort before we send you out today. It comes in two different phases. God's comfort comes to us now. Everybody say now. It comes to us now. He reminds us that he walked through grief himself and is willing to walk through it with us. I want to read this in Isaiah 53.3. Isaiah 53.3. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised, and we did not care. (laughs) He, He reminds us that he understands grief. Aren't you thankful today that you have a God who can relate? That when you go to him and say, this is hurting, he says, I know, I know. The old hymn, Man of Sorrows, What a name for the Son of God who came, ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah, what a Savior. The darkest of nights is difficult, but you have a God with you who's gone through grief, and he'll be with you through yours. That's now. Everybody say now. Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. One of my favorite. Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from the darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. And provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. I don't know if you know that, but that last two lines is Oakwood's theme verse. They will be called oaks. (laughs) comfort for all who mourn, for all who grieve, beauty for ashes, oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. 
You remember when David, before he wrote those psalms that I read earlier, do you remember when they found him sitting in torn up clothes with ash all over him, sitting in a dirt heap when his son was dying? And then his son did die, passed away, and David got up. He cleaned up in a bath and he put on new clothes, put on oil, and he went on living. <laughs> and people said to him, how, how can you do that? How can you get up and still live? What do you, I mean, how are you doing this? Well, David said, <laughs> I mourned and now it's time to get up and live. It's not that the pain ever went anywhere. It was still there. He still was living with it, but you got to get up. <laughs> you got to get up and you got to keep moving. You got to keep living. And that's what God gives us now. He transforms, he can transform pain into beauty. He gives us beauty for ashes. That's now, everybody say now. There's a second part of this and it's for later. Everybody say later. So we, we know that God will comfort you now in this life, but I gotta end with God will comfort us later. He removes every reason for grieving for all eternity. Let me read for you Revelation 21. Verses 1, then 4 and 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Amen? All these things are gone forever. Let me read the list of what they're going to be gone. It's going to be death, sorrow, crying, and pain. Do you look forward to a life without those things? I certainly do. In this life, I truly miss Mel Walker. I could pick up the phone at any time and call my friend. I will miss Ryan Spencer. I could sit down with him and talk for hours about everything and nothing. And we both had opinions about it all. And we loved every minute of it. And that pain is going to be there. Us pastors only get a handful of people that'll do anything to come to church. <laughs> Love y'all, but most of y'all will do anything not to have to come. You know, some, some people had an inch of snow this morning and instead of, uh, you know, going, they stayed home, <laughs> you know, I, I, I understand it. I understand. I, I get it. But David Borst was one of my handful who would come even though he had every reason not to be here. Julie and I's favorite memory of David last memory was our Piper and Praise night. And he sat over here, so sick, so weak. And at Pie Prayer and Praise, we sing songs, and then we hear testimonies and sing songs, and hear testimonies and sing songs. And at Oakwood, every time we sing songs, what do we do? We stand, right? And so we're basically doing a workout, you know, a Christian workout, like stand, sit, stand, sit. And here's David, he could barely move. And good thing there's a Bill Miller who loved him, who stood behind him. And for every song, David would start trying to, and Bill would just, every song, lift him up 
and then put them back down and I'm going to miss having somebody who would do anything to be here. But I'm looking forward to heaven. The promise we have of a future hope is that I'm going to talk to Mel again someday. Pastor and I, Pastor Spencer and I are going to sit down and talk about everything and nothing for hours. David Borst and I are going to sing together. He belted it out every time he could. That's the great hope we have for later. I'm thankful for the later promise. I'm also grateful for the now promise. And if today you're living in this reality, understand that that is reality. It's a full reality, right? Sorrow is part of this road. So our conclusion is, for we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Our conclusion is actually just a verse today. Hebrews four fifteen and 16. We need mercy, amen? We need grace to keep going. This Christmas time, it can be awful difficult, I'm sure. Some of you have dealt with some loss recently. And our hearts go out to you, but we want to let you know that you're going to keep going. It's going to be okay. God's with you. You have a church family. You can give God this grief. He will give you his joy. You'll have to give him the grief again and again and again, but he'll continue to deliver on his end of the promise. I've asked our band to come and close us out with a song. I think the words come right from Psalm 30, verse 5. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. It's not a Christmas song. It might be a weird song. I texted Tracy and I said, could you close with this song? And she said they would do it, and I appreciate them doing that. Let's pray together, and then we'll stand and sing a song that reminds us that weeping is true, but joy comes in the morning. Father God, I pray. God, I pray for people today, all of us on this life road, that the full reality means suffering. It also can bring joy, but there's darkness along with the light. God, help us to understand that that is this life, and that's why you sent your son, so that those of us who know him in a relationship can have the assurance that this man of sorrows, this Savior, loved us enough to die for us and to buy us back and to give us a hope for a future. God, I pray for hurting souls today, hearts that are overwhelmed. May you give them comfort. May you comfort them now, later in the afternoon, tonight, in the darkest of nights. Continue to give your comfort and joy. We pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen.